Greetings, everybody out there in Dreamland. Namaste and Shalom. Iron sharpens iron, and a friend sharpens a friend. Thank you all very much for tuning in to another pod, a broadcast of the Beyond Top Secret Texan Podcast. I am the Beyond Top Secret Texan, and I am broadcasting to you from the third coast, the coast with the most, and the Gulf Coast of Texas. Specifically. So thank you very much tuning out tuning in out there in dreamland tripping over myself to get to the meat of the matter this subject today is a very interesting one a very very thrilling one i've been researching for hours and hours just to get the details all lined up but i've had the inspiration to do this for a couple of days and it's been one of those ongoing projects with the 20 new episode subjects that i've been researching all spring and summer We're talking tsunamis, we're talking tidal waves, we're talking weaponized tidal waves, we're talking weaponized tidal waves directed at the Gulf Coast of Texas to cause massive loss of property and life. A clear weapon of mass destruction in the form of a 500 meter tall body of water wave in depths of the oceans forced onto shore by nuclear weapons a nuclear explosion detonated deep underwater on the ocean floor by our very own government, our very own deep state elite with potential help from shadowy elements of the Pentagon. This is the clear and present danger. This is the absolute current threat, the loaded gun held to the head of Texas that no one is seeing, that is kept in the dark and is only permitted to be even researched by the highest level of academia, for it is a strict national security. weaponization of natural disasters which is a clear and present reality in the US military think tanks and strategic echelons everything from forest fires to droughts and yes tidal waves are able to be weaponized and directed against either a rebellious and unruly population or an invading enemy. Now, in this case, specifically, the scenario is up for question, but the technology and the deployment method of this weapon is a very real technology is a very real matter. It is a very real uh, 
fact of the 21st century. Although its creation was in the Cold War in the 20th century, it has been confirmed to exist in the 21st century and thus becomes 21st century's iconic weapons given its young one-fifth of existence in the 23 years since 2000. In terms of the actual advancements this weapon utilizes, it's very simple, it's very ingenious, it's very practical. The real weapon that we know of that has been confirmed is the Russian, I was about to say Soviet, the Russian Poseidon weapon, codenamed Poseidon. It is a automatic underwater roving vehicle. It is a torpedo shaped vehicle that is able to operate as a submarine traveling thousands of miles. Its strategy is to travel very slowly, very patiently, to avoid detection. Much slower than a conventional submarine and much slower than any conventional torpedo. At this pace, it may take days or even months to reach its intended target, a coastal city or busy industrial port or maybe a bottleneck of shipping traffic such as the ship that's straight of Hormuz. But imagine Honolulu. Imagine San Francisco. Imagine L.A. Imagine New York City. All coastal cities, all with massive ports. And then imagine the largest official atomic-yielded nuclear warhead detonating off of its shores in a strategically chosen distance to create significant amounts of displacement of the ocean volume and depths to create a wave that is 500 meters tall. 500 meters tall is much taller than any building on the West Coast and is rivaled only by the tallest buildings in the world. If that was to hit New York City, Only the World Trade Center replacement, the One World Tower, would be taller. And the momentum and velocity, because it's not the height, but the absolute depth and weight of this and volume of this water, the force of this water which is being jettisoned, would travel clearly across Manhattan Island, clearly across all of that. You know, Long Island, um, the five boroughs would, would cover the entirety of New York City. 
would cover well into the hills of Los Angeles. Would cover well into the mountains of San Francisco. All low-lying, near-sea-level properties, uh, residences, civilians, businesses would be destroyed. Uh, people would be killed. Uh, if that would have happened, for example, in New York City, every single person who isn't above ground to a significant level are safely within some kind of interior that's, that's fortified for their massive amount of weight would of water itself like a skyscraper um, would be either killed or in danger of being killed immediately immediately the Indonesian tsunami of 2004 for example uh, people forget this that it was the largest known laws of life for tsunami and it killed 200,000 people plus 227,898 confirmed dead over a massive amount of land. A massive amount of land. Several continents worth it hit. It was reported hitting in Africa, uh, South Asia, you know, like across South Asia, from India, the subcontinent, across to Indonesia. And it was absolutely devastating and powerful in each, each area of its impact, but its epicenter was in Indonesia. Uh, specifically, the west coast of northern Sumatra. This happened in 2004. Now, obviously, this is a weapon of mass destruction. This is a weapon of last resort. Or this is a weapon of total annihilation of an enemy. In a total war scenario between nuclear powers. Intended to kill as many people as possible. So it absolutely is a state of the art in what it does. But it was actually theorized, not by Russia, but by the U.S. military industrial complex, the superpower that yearly has a budget ten times that of Russia and a Cold War as you call it um, conceptual exercise by the United States Navy known as Project SEAL and Project SEAL was developed in the 1960s theoretically designing ways to create tsunamis for the mass um, destruction of Russian naval ships, equipment, dockyards, ports, uh, that would be less risky than massive bomb raids in formation, uh, such as in World War II. And the U.S. Navy was creating concepts for how to use nuclear weapons, specifically with a naval... Um, supremacy in their deployment. And this was before the concept of the boomer nuclear submarine with the cruise missiles as an underwater uh, cruise missile platform uh, was finalized as the official use for the nuclear weapons that the Navy was uh, tasked with and responsible for. 
and thus the significant power they had in the Cold War era of the U.S. military-industrial complex. And so, yes, we see not only a clear and logical you know, reasoning behind the, the suspicion that the United States government has this weapon as well and has created this weapon that is not beyond their grasp. If Russia can create technology and employ such a weapon of mass destruction, then America no doubt has one and has had one for much, much longer. In fact, the conspiracy theory of the Indonesian 2004 tsunami is that it was created by the United States, specifically to destabilize Indonesia, which is a Muslim theocracy and a monarchy, I believe. Um, there is a lot of history between uh, the CIA and Indonesia, for example, and Indonesia being almost unconquerable and uninvadable due to its massive amount of uh, its population. It has over a hundred million, and I think close to two hundred million, and so many islands that the majority of them are uninhabited and not even named, let alone mapped. So, a communist, uh, you know, revolution, for example, in Indonesia could, could, you know, basically be unchallenged, as well as the uh, Muslim theocracy being, um, you know, the rightful, I guess, supreme ruler of the area. Um, despite the CIA and the USA's massive amount of power elsewhere, it has none in Indonesia beyond this weapons of mass, this terrorist campaign, right? A loaded gun at the head of a re- rebellious people. That is what a weapon of mass destruction is intended for, right? That or the destruction of a even superior enemy of nuclear weapon uh, capabilities that is threatening you. Right, for with total annihilation so that you annihilate them first, right? Show that you are not defenseless, or maybe as revenge after you've been attacked. Same thing with the Fukushima tidal wave. The Fukushima tidal wave in Japan was suspected in 2011 was suspected of being a United States weapon deployed against the Japanese. as an attack on their nuclear energy grid in attempts to cause a massive nuclear meltdown and ban nuclear energy globally and in terms of uh, fulfilling their new world agenda for green energy and that was going to be the platform for 2012, the election era under Obama was going to uh, start petitioning to destroy the nuclear grid infrastructure of the United States, making us energy dependent for our uh, our energy unstable and insecure based on the electrical grids, which they would have greater control over and monopolize. That Everyone knows that if you're green and believe in climate change, uh, you should be for nuclear energy because it is far less, uh, far less harmful for the environment and far more technologically advanced and sound and safe. Uh, you know, a few people believe the science, people believe a future of, you know, science and engineering 
creating, you know, all things that are possible, then yeah, you, you're gonna need to, um, go nuclear. There is no other way around it. You're gonna need to go nuclear. The, uh, Fukushima tsunami was created with a explosive device detonated underwater that mimicked a seismic you know, a seismic um, activity of exactly the atomic bomb detonations do. I believe it was a 5.4 on the red scale, or a 6.4 with the exact same signature of an atomic bomb. When an atomic bomb explodes, seismographs pick up a 5.4 or a 6.4, and the tsunami at the uh, Fukushima incident was caused by an earthquake of the exact same magnitude, spiking and then uh, flatlining immediately. Um, but because the mainstream media is owned by the Illuminati and the secret societies that are global, that the press internationally immediately ran with the, the official story of the geological natural explanation, and no one even looked into the ulterior reasons and why this was more plausible as an attack, um, a you know, deep state-level terrorist attack against another major first-world nation um, you know, to keep policy in line and to basically say the, the, chamber, the trigger was pulled on the gun held to the head of Japan. That is always held to the head of Japan, has been since World War II. The uh, same is going to be done to Texas. The same is going to be done to Texas. I have a deep suspicion of, uh, God forbid, this ever happens. It would be the worst nightmare one could imagine uh, before I stay in Texas because it would start the FEMA control. It would start the federal takeover of Texas and the invasion, the full martial law. Uh, against Texas would have a beachhead, literally a beachhead, as FEMA controls and manages a massive disaster on the scale of New Orleans during Katrina. Um, Anywhere it would befall or happen to, it would be devastating because of the lack of resources in the hostile natural environment of Texas, say, if this tsunami, for example, was to detonate in Corpus Christi, Texas, either along the shore of the Gulf Coast, uh, Port Aransas area, to, um, you know, Brownsville, for example, although that would be probably the most ideal standard, because there's very few coastal communities in between these two uh, major cities. But Brownsville is a major city with a river through it, and a tidal wave of it hit on that side of the coast would annihilate Port Isabel, a very popular residential uh, vacation area on the coast, and a port, a major port uh, for Brownsville, Texas. It would travel up into Brownsville, destroying a massive amount of area. Uh, a 500-meter tsunami, for example, can travel you know, dozens, if not hundreds, of kilometers inland. And that's not even an underestimate. Like, a hurricane can travel thousands of miles inland. 
you know, a tsunami can travel only tens and maybe hundreds of miles at maximum, but a 500-meter tsunami can travel a long, long way. And it doesn't matter if it has the same damaging potential. Flooding damage also counts as totaling a building. Um, the, the massive rise of water would wash away cars. Uh, cars traveling on the highways, for example, or the roadways would be vict- or subject to being washed away. Uh, it only takes a few feet of water to wash away a car. And people can drown in a lot, you know, a lot of ways in between there and in there, uh, you know, here and there. But um, even if there wasn't a massive amount of human life lost, the natural disaster is still occurred. Like Katrina, during the Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans, not very many people died during the initial flooding. It was because of the exposure and the starvation and the malnutrition and the hardship, dehydration especially, afterwards. And, of course, the violence, the rapes, the lootings, the shootings, uh, martial law, etc. that would kill a number of people. The death toll was over 2,000 people in New Orleans. And New Orleans is a major city. Major city. Right, with police force, with hundreds of years of history, infrastructure, police force... Uh, moderate and middle class size, and still 2,000 people were, were, were died, and then there was a massive displacement of human life. Uh, people forget this very fast, but you know, it was a huge embarrassment uh, for, for FEMA and for uh, the American government in general. It was a massive fiasco, uh, but it was totally chaotic and anarchic, and people suffered. People suffered because they were looking for leadership, and the leadership just failed them at every level. But this is the why I think it's a nightmare <clears throat> in the making. They don't have to fuck us up. They just have to fuck us up enough that we fuck ourselves up. Very simply. Right? As I said, if this hits Corpus Christi, um, a 500-meter tsunami would fuck us up so fucking bad. It would knock out our power grid. It would knock out much of the residential and uh, business districts. It would uh, forcefully displace a good majority of the 300,000 people that lived here. It would permanently make them, it would instantly make them homeless and force for them to be climate refugees. Um, either they would apply for FEMA status, like if you, st- if you wanted to stay, you'd have to apply for FEMA status for a FEMA home and then be given a government ID and then be given the, uh, the right to come here. But then FEMA could come, would come here. FEMA would lock down the whole area and this is what I'm saying, not even for the survivors, because food would be, for, for a few weeks, food would be impossible. You'd have to, like, figure out uh, where you're going, because the HEBs that you normally frequent would be shut down. Um, while there could be disaster relief, etc., provided for you, so obviously it's not, it's, a, it's all a um, deception, because it, you're still homeless. Is that even if someone's dropping off free food, like church groups and stuff like that, you're still homeless, starving, relying on handouts, you have hit rock bottom. That's what I'm saying. Like, even though Katrina people were still getting free bottles of water or whatever, there's no evidence that that's going to happen, like, work, because logistics always fucking sucks. They'll sit in warehouses and shit, like in Puerto Rico, uh, just going bad, basically, uh, with, like, just huge warehouses full of bottled water, because there's no logistics or distribution that works, and people are just hoarding things, and, um, there's no incentive to hand these out because it takes work and labor, but there is an incentive to apply for the benefits. 
So people will be ripping people off and scamming and doing things like uh, they did during the COVID uh, crisis, which is just basically milking the system and trying to get as much uh, corrupt, you know, profit off it as fast as possible than than literally running from the law. Uh, Looting, looting would be out of this fucking world because everyone would be trying to either go back to their own properties and take what they, you know, they can. And then that would just spiral out into taking everything that you can jewelry, uh, whatever, because they don't have anything. There's a massive amount of poverty already. So the people who are impoverished will have even less. And there is very little to stop, uh, literally the hordes of teenagers, uh, realistically the hordes of teenagers, uh, you know, uh, poor families, needy families where the fathers, the patriarchs are trying to take things, uh, to help feed their families, food. Uh, so you see like martial law, the police, just like how it was in Katrina, um, you know, young men trying to take advantage of the situation, the chaos, uh, looting, uh, whatever they want, luxury items, etc. So you'd see those places getting defended, but you wouldn't see the homes getting defended. Now it would be defending the massive amounts of neighborhoods unless you were willing to quarter troops, like literally keep troops in your home and are in public areas in your neighborhood. And so you see how you're welcoming your own surrender of your constitutional rights because America was founded on not needing to quarter or not ever being required to quarter troops for security. But you're incentivizing the very few people who are operating in the area because it's such a widespread disaster area. Say the entire coastline is hit. Um, From Houston, Galveston... Uh, the Bayou area, Beaumont, Pasadena, Texas City. Uh, then you have Port Neches. You have uh, Matagorda Bay area. You have Rockport. You have Fulton. You have uh, Port Lavaca. You have uh, Corpus Christi. You have Aransas Pass, Port Aransas. You have all these cities on the coast, Mustang Island, Padre Island, um, little communities all scattered throughout there as well. And then you see this shit, like how, how it would play out. FEMA would be everywhere, but it wouldn't be really anywhere where it counts or how it, like they couldn't really ever provide any help except for the occasional bottles of water and maybe a bag, you know, some food, some crackers and shit, like a mobile home or whatever. Uh, but you're basically be on your own and now a new chaotic lawless area, but at the same time, there'd be a massive amount of restrictions and laws. So it's fucking insane how they're doing both at once. They're creating a system of chaos and they're creating a system of uh, martial law. It'd be curfews. There would be restrictions on travel. You couldn't travel to different communities or towns without ID representing that you live there or without uh, verification uh, that you're traveling there for business or whatever. There wouldn't be personal travel allowed. It would be like COVID restrictions times fucking 10. There would be massive amounts of hygiene restrictions, trash restrictions, uh, food rationing. You'd have water rationing probably because the area has very poor... uh, you know, in the summer, it's there's very little water. There's always a lot of water shortages and shit. Droughts are very common here, so what happens during a drought? Um, I mean, yeah, I get the irony. You guys flooded out, but it's salt water, and it was also most likely contaminated with oils, uh, fuels, etc. So everything it touched is poisoned, and you can't drink any of the water. And, of course, there's now mosquitoes and a lot of bullshit like that, like cholera, dysentery. 
a dengue fever, malaria, etc. Now this is this destruction is just what happens when a normal tsunami hits. Right? So you have natural disaster, you have FEMA taking over, you have armed police in the street, military, National Guard being mobilized, Texas State Guard being mobilized, uh, you know, Texas State Police all being the ones ruling the street with literally armed guns, uh, armed gunmen, patrolling business districts, uh, shopping centers, etc. to keep the law uh, in order, but the neighborhood's going chaotic, uh, just either being forced into total, like, you know, compliance with curfew, or fighting amongst themselves for the little resources, and, like, you know, there's tons of rapes, there's tons of uh, abuse, fights, uh, gang activity, violence, uh, people, like, say in Katrina, people were in the Superdome when this shit was happening, they put them all in the Superdome, and there were stabbings, there were beatings, there were extortions, there were robberies, there were rapes, there were uh, killings, there were um, like I said, every single kind of crime happening. And there were old people dying and just being left in corners of stairwells. There were people having diabetic fits, needing medication, not getting it. There were people um, going hungry uh, because they couldn't actually physically go to where they were giving food. Like if people in wheelchairs, they would just leave them there. And they would find people who hadn't had drinks of water in hours and, like, you know, maybe days because people were just walking past them. You think you need people to help support you and your family and et cetera, and then that shit just goes away uh, or isn't there to begin with. Or, you know, like, you know, there's a massive amount of moving parts Right? There's a massive amount of that shit. And then the authorities will just be interested in what your ID says, who, like, trying to know who you are, trying to see if you are a threat to them or a threat to other people. They're trying to provide security. They're not trying to help you. They're trying to stop you from hurting others. And if you're not hurting others and they don't give a shit, get out of their face. You know, like, they have other problems. There are people with guns shooting each other, stealing cars, uh, stealing resources, stealing gas, stealing food, stealing ammunition, etc., uh, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, Right, and like I said, not only that, but the rapes, but the rapes, and there will be tons of sexual violence. There will be tons of sexual violence, unimaginable amount of it. Uh, given that you know, once the power is out for a full night, once the air conditioners are off, once the TV is off and shit, people are going to start resorting to a very uh, savage and primitive uh, opportunism, and within their own communities and cultures, they're not going to go to like poor people are not going to go to the rich neighborhoods and rape them and steal and steal shit. But it will be just uh, people within their apartment complexes taking advantage of uh, single or, or lonely families and women and stuff like that. Like absolutely, that's going to happen, and it's going to either range from the spectrum of violence, you know, where they're raping and killing these women, or to just. Uh, forcing themselves into that position and women submitting to it because that's human nature. That is human nature. And you can look all this shit up in Katrina uh, as a precedent for what happens when a major American city goes through a natural disaster. Tons of that shit happened. Tons. And it was it was absolutely like, who are you going to call? Who are you going to report? The cops completely busy. They've already left the city. Shit like that. It just happens. Um... Now, you can look through it, too, in history. That happens during hurricanes. That happens during earthquakes. That, that's, that's it fucking happens. And it's fucked up, but it happens. So now we're talking about this hypothetical scenario where there's this mega tsunami. They're going to blame natural disasters like they always do. This was caused by an atomic warhead, uh, atomic torpedo, basically, at that point. A nuclear torpedo, a automatic uh, 
you know, automatically deployed uh, submersible that is equipped with this automatic warhead that detonates in a specific area with a specific, uh, you know, massive payload of, of, of ammunition, basically, uh, munitions. Um, it's in the several hundreds of uh, megatons, right? It's a massive weapon. And it's easier to deploy nuclear weapons underwater because they don't have to support their own weight traveling through rocket propulsion or be dropped by aircraft into hostile territories. You know, they can just be deployed, uh, you know, deploy themselves, navigate themselves, or be navigated by, you know, satellites and then patiently, uh, you know, wait for the the opportune time Maybe even till when the crisis is forgotten and over, well, well in advance of it being over, and then detonate, or be used, like I said, as the pointed gun at the head of an enemy until the population rebels, uh, becomes too non-compliant or too independent, and then obviously this is blamed on natural disaster, as the playbook in Indonesia and Japan has already played out. So this is during a time in the near future, I believe, when Texas is fighting for its independence in 2035, uh, around 2035, and successfully creating the grassroots political movement and the nationally recognized, internationally recognized independence movement of Texas, that you'll start seeing uh, this natural disaster become more predicted programming in the future. But it's already leaking out in the in the world. In fact, the real-life operation was called Operation Lana. So this is Operation Lana, uh, as far as I have known it, and what I've been given to it from my insider sources. Operation Lana is the U.S. Navy's proposed uh, solution to a Texas revolution, which is to detonate a nuclear weapon off the Gulf Coast of Texas Potentially off the Gulf Coast near Galveston, so that affects Houston, declaring the entire Gulf Coast of Texas an emergency zone, but specifically this city of Houston, the bayou area, and all its surrounding communities, the dozens of communities that surround Houston, uh, setting up camp in Galveston, and then creating its headquarters in connection with the U.S. federal government's uh, agencies in Texas and the local state Texas government, a separate, completely federally controlled, martial law controlled disaster zone that has millions of people inside. That's effectively a concentration camp inside the United States as a test of the national internment in these camps, these re-education camps, these emergency camps, under FEMA authority, which would effectively be the end of all freedoms and the beginning of the uh, FEMA-controlled dystopian New World Order, UN, you know, globalist fucking agenda. And it will be done initially in a test run, but in a very large scale as a natural disaster in the Texas coast, specifically off of Houston. But Corpus Christi and Brownsville are both possible candidates as well. And when I say Houston, I mean Galveston. Galveston connects to Houston. 
And if a 500-meter tsunami hit Galveston, it would not only destroy Galveston, but actually go straight through, I think, into Pasadena and uh, the port of Houston, of course, and the, co and the other remaining coastlines up there. The beach communities and the uh, various areas would be not only flooded, but also, you know, declared disaster zones. The area itself has, I think, roughly 5 million people or 6 million people on a good day. And, you know, up to six, seven million people at maximum. You know, like, if, if you actually surround more of the territory and small towns around it. You know, I'm not saying it's going to destroy the whole of Houston or, you know, flood it. But you will see a enough disaster and hit on the grid and displaced citizens. Uh, for example, if you push the citizens of Galveston and the coastline, the Port of Houston area out of that area, where are they going to go? They have to go to the city, they have to go to these emergency areas, they have to take up a massive amount of space and resources, and who's going to manage them and see them and, and give them security? Not the now overpressed local uh, authorities and, and police, but now the um, you know, federal government and FEMA giving them new IDs, telling them where to live, giving them housing, giving them um, the food vouchers, telling them uh, where to sit, where to sleep, uh, when to shave, and when to shit. You know, that's basically what they're going to be doing because it's a new game. And they're going to be telling soon everybody that because depending on the actual size of it and the scale of it, that it would be, you know, large enough to actually damage downtown Houston, actually get into the interior of these cities. It's a 500-meter tidal wave huge volume of water. This counts as a mega tsunami. You know, this is absolutely uh, able to go, you know, 10, 15, maybe 20 miles inland and still keep a huge amount of its destructive power. Like, like actually think about that scale. That's, that's, that's fucking huge. That's a lot. That's a lot. And Houston's below sea level. Houston floods. You know, like that, that's something to consider. Houston's connected to bayous, connected to waterways, uh, connected to rivers and creeks. Like, that water is not going to be going uphill. That water is going into a bowl, basically. And that bowl is created with concrete and has very poor irrigation. I mean, very poor, um, very poor drainage and circulation. Like, it would do a massive amount of flood damage to Houston if this hit it, right? Interior, into the city, into the, into the downtown districts. Like, yes, yes, it fucking would. And it may not get all the way into the uh, west of Houston, but it would hit hard Houston. Absolutely, it could. Absolutely, I believe it could. Um, and it'd fuck up everything on the way. You know, all the suburbs on the east, uh, down to the coast, and the port of Houston, etc., all that's gone. It's gone. And anyone connected with that, dead. Anyone on the streets, dead. Homeless, dead. Um, all the homeless, dead. Uh, anyone on the streets, anyone in a one-story one house, like on the coast and everything, living in Galveston and stuff, dead. Dead. And if it happens at night, fucking hella dead. Hella dead. They're not even going to be able to uh, wake up, There's because there's no tsunami warnings. There's no warning systems on the coast of Texas or in the Gulf Coast at all for tsunamis or for any disasters like that. Although FEMA, in the website, they do recognize the Gulf Coast of Texas having a risk for tsunamis, uh, they don't have any statistics or any percentage or any uh, system in place for early detection. They have one for Hawaii, they have uh, it for the West Coast, and they have it for Alaska. 
but they do not have it for the East Coast. They do not have it for Florida. They do not have it for the Gulf Coast. And they do not have it for Texas, right? Now, I was doing some research, and I came up into this article, and it's called, it's from Houston.com, right? And this was uh, written in 2020, actually. So talk about disclosure. Like I said, they're going to start issuing disclosure, uh, you know, drip by drip on the tsunami in Texas and the weaponized uh, attack uh, to create the FEMA super control. Tsunami in the Gulf? It could happen. Texas A&M Galveston shows us how. Houston, Texas. Question. Just curious, with the recent earthquake activity around Cuba, Puerto Rico, and Jamaica, could there be a threat of a tidal wave impact to the U.S. coastline? First, thanks for the question, and to be clear, a tidal wave and tsunami are the same thing. Tsunami is Japanese for harbor wave. A tsunami looks like any other wave you see in the ocean, only more well wall-like. But those walls... And waves are usually, you see, are caused by wind pushing the water rather than the water being displaced, a concept you are familiar with, although you may not realize it, etc., etc., etc. An earthquake or a landslide below the surface can cause this. At an earthquake, the land shifts vertically or horizontally, displacing the water and earth and causing deep waves to move outward like a pebble in a lake. The waves get higher as they get closer to land where the coast is shallow. The water has to go somewhere, and that somewhere is the land. These tsunamis are only a problem if they get to land, and we've had them on the East Coast and more often the West Coast of the United States, but not the Gulf yet. We don't have an earthquake zone and are protected by other land masses. However, a less familiar tsunami is caused by a sediment landslide. Imagine this as a mountain avalanche under the water. In the mountain, snow piles up until it's so heavy it creates a landslide down the mountain. In the Gulf, thousands of years of sediment piles up like the snow on a mountaintop until the weight causes a sudden landslide like an avalanche of the sediment into deeper waters. This can be pretty serious. The Mississippi River continues to slowly but surely dump sediment into the Gulf of Mexico. Look at the bathymetry and how the geome, the Gulf of Mexico becomes, and, the, and it has a map of the, the mixtures of the sediment. It's basically one entire uh, cliff face basically a mountain slope down <coughs> with with so much sediment. It's entirely covered in sediment from the coast of Mexico to uh, the coast of Florida and everything in the middle. So it's easy to understand how a sediment landslide or avalanche into the deeper parts could suddenly displace water and push it to the coast like a tsunami. Look at this map. It has another picture of the map, right, with possible locations. A Port Aransas, Texas, South Padre Island, Galveston, Texas, Biloxi, Mississippi, New Orleans, Mobile, Alabama, Panama City, Florida, Pensacola, Florida, Tampa Bay, and you know Key West, and it has all these major United States locations uh, for possible inundation, for possible inundation uh, landslide uh, sources off the coast. So I guess there is data for these underwater landslides off the coast, um, either for seismic activity, drilling. I'm assuming the oil companies know about this. But the schools have the data. So the schools are already planning data, and these could be potential targets for such a tidal wave uh, super bomb. 
Panama City, Florida, Mobile, Alabama, Biloxi, Mississippi, New Orleans, but Galveston, Texas, Port Aransas, Texas, South Padre Island, Texas, all of it could be targeted and blamed on an East Breaks landslide off the uh, of inundated uh, sediment off the Gulf Coast off the shelf. They have been studying this since 2005. And although they indicate a very low threat, a threat is worth exploring and understanding. Prayers to the folks suffering from the recent Puerto Rico and Caribbean earthquakes. And that's the author. So... There's active work in Texas A&M University systems. There's active work in the the University of Texas um, colleges. There's active work around pristine or prestige universities, which are themselves think tanks for military-industrial complex level activity, like the CIA. Texas A&M University is 100% the CIA. Uh, its dean when I was at Texas A&M University, University was Robert Gates, a former CIA director under George Bush, and then a Secretary of Defense under uh, Barack Obama. Look it up. Uh, it's very, it's very closely uh, tied. All of this stuff. So Texas A&M has been studying the potential risks and plausibilities and locations for sediments avalanches underwater to create these tsunamis in my theory that the government will intentionally create a false flag domestic terror attack blaming it on a natural disaster a rare natural disaster a unheard of natural disaster but a plausible because it's backed up by all these research uh, researchers and all this evidence at this high university level, um, called a underwater avalanche to create such a mega tsunami, and they're going to blame offshore oil drilling. They're going to blame the pursuits of the oil for eroding and causing all the damage to the sea uh, seafloor and seashelf, and uh, create basically a giant economic, you know. Uh, Movement, uh, ecological, sorry, an ecological movement to try to destabilize Texas energy production, bringing it further under the heel and yolk of the federal, globalist, anti progress, Methuselahian, eco fascist uh, New World Order, right? Texas is independent, energy independent. Texas helped create America's energy independence in the last decade. So it only goes, they need to be uh, reined in if they are not to rebel and to succeed in a rebellion. If they ever try to get independence, our energy production, our oil production, and our offshore oil rig industry and infrastructure will be targeted not for physical destruction, which would be political suicide and PR nightmare because of the ecological damage and militarism that that would require 
but rather a natural disaster which it caused and is blamed on by these deep state occultists and the academic world, the Freemasons and professors, etc., that will blame the oil industry, the Texas uh, independent oil industry, and the Gulf Shore oil industry, uh, which I am not a big fan of either, but I understand that it's in power uh, politically. I understand it's power that it needs, Texas needs it for independence. And we need it because it's an important part of uh, the modern industrialization of Texas. Now, um, that is forfeit once the martial law begins, once the federal government starts controlling such a large population, brainwashing them, creating them as a power base for future enslavement, and using Texas itself as a PR stepping stone in which the federal government is seen as heroes, etc., uh, this is in seen, predicted programming-wise, in a show called Fear the Walking Dead. Now, in Fear the Walking Dead, a significant part of it occurs in Texas. Now, that's not the important part in this, in this regard, although the entire element of Texas and what happens and occurs there is very significant um, in terms of uh, what it's really disclosing, but I'll get to that on its own. You know, that deserves its own spotlight, the Fear of the Walking Dead disclosure. But um, the Internet movie, and this is a little, little, little movie, short film, that was released only on the Internet called Fear of the Walking Dead, uh, Dead in the Water. Dead in the Water is about a U.S. Navy submarine during the time of this zombie uh, end-of-the-world situation, right? Zombie uprising or whatever. A bat, a little literal symbol of the last of America's, you know, technological, military, industrial might, and its uh, brainwashed control of its of its uh, servants in the military. Uh, as they turn, and no one questions why there's a nuclear submarine in the Gulf of Mexico during the end of the world. No one questions why they're not uh, fleeing or trying to find some place to dock or at least beach like an. Un- you know, an island or something like that to go to, to, uh, to find sanctuary. And so they're just out there patrolling with a nuclear weaponized submarine, the waters of the Gulf of Mexico outside of Texas, and then ultimately beach themselves on a beach outside of uh, Galveston, Texas. This becomes a, you know, plot as they cause nuclear annihilation on Texas, um, based on the doomsday occultism or doomsday cultism of a of a figure, you know, within the show. It's not important. Point is though, nuclear attack, nuclear submarines, navy patrols, and nuclear uh dangers outside the Gulf of Texas during the so called end of the world definitely is. And that's something to pay attention to. The United States doesn't disclose where nuclear submarines operate actively but they do patrol the Gulf of Mexico they could easily deliver one of these atomic warheads it could easily be delivered from a converted merchant vessel it can be converted for, delivered from a US Navy vessel as long as they're operating within the United States they don't disclose really where these ships are operating and such a black project also has the benefit since it's operating within the United States um as just saying it's operating during an exercise or a routine patrol or a security uh, mission 
are just, you know, transporting itself from one port to the other uh, for maintenance, etc. Deploys this weapon, deploys as many as it needs or as it desires, uh, performs maintenance to the ones already deployed, etc. Can operate entire infrastructure of these things right under our nose because thousands of ships operate every single day right off our coast, and no one gives a shit about what is going on in the Gulf of Mexico. No one cares about the foreign flags or the vessels. Russia could deploy one of these things, you know, as an act of war on the Gulf of Mexico. We're absolutely vulnerable, vulnerable, because there is so much activity and so little public attention to it that really the only ones caring or doing anything are these high-level Merchant Mariner powers, the seafaring powers of the United States Navy, Coast Guard, etc., and the various like uh, oil industries, explorers, you know, Civil Guard, uh, and Coast Guard. I meant, um, you know, police, uh, maritime police, merchant mariner vessels, etc., traveling, doing business, etc. At one point, an ISIS, um, an ISIS-controlled tanker. An oil tanker was in Gulf of Mexico uh, as with its transponder off, and that was a story. And they were fearing that it, was con- it had a nuclear weapon on board, and that this ISIS-controlled tanker could have possibly entered port because, you know, there's no way to inspect or stop it until it's already in port and detonated one of these atomic bombs. And that was a clear and present danger for Corpus Christi because it's got a massive port that deals with many international, specifically Middle Eastern, uh, nations and and you know this is a reality that we live in this is the world that we live in this is already 2020 2023 you know like we we have to understand that nuclear weapons can be put on ships can be delivered maritime wise can be delivered in in terms of uh, business or mercantile uh, you know logistics can be literally put on a FedEx plane and flown into an airport or it can be put onto a freighter, you know, in one of the container boxes, and and you know, shipped with other sh- with other shipping containers, you know, as part of the general package, you know, from a Chinese freighter until it detonates in a port in L.A., you know, like that that could easily happen. Let alone one could be detonated by a first world nation with a military budget ten times that of its second strongest uh, rival, the Russians. America has the budget 10 times that of the Russians in terms of raw money. Now, going into funding these projects has a bent and proven history of creating federally controlled areas under martial law with FEMA as well as various other um, uh, implications and accusations on creating such a weapon from its own research in Project SEAL in the Cold War to the detonation of such a weapon off the coast of Indonesia in 2004 or Japan in 2011 with credible evidence and suspicion um, directed that way. You know, that's very, very important and needs to be understood, needs to be talked about. Now, uh, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that, but that's my suspicion that in 20, 2020, moving onward into the decade, uh, in the late 2020s or in the 2030s, 
there will be a man-made, weaponized, federal government uh, created tsunami or tidal wave based on just identical to the one in 2004 in Indonesia and 2011 in Fukushima, Japan that destroys a wide amount of the Gulf Coast that destroys a wide amount of infrastructure uh, off a major urban center off the coast for Texas and thus forces a major operation of martial law under the authority of FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, which operates as a tool for the deep state to human traffic to create experiments for brainwashing, for crowd control, for concentration camp, uh, creation, implementation, and a major urban area, Houston, with millions of people turned into refugees overnight, their rights forfeit, and inducted into a new system just as, just as brutal, chaotic, and restrictive as any prison that the federal government has created, this time having turned the entire city of Houston into that prison. Or Corpus Christi, or Brownsville, Padre Island, Port Aransas, Rockport, Galveston, etc. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Top Secret Texan. I am the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Uh, I've been broadcasting to you from the third coast, the Gulf Coast of Texas, the coast with the most. Thank you very much for listening to me uh, out there in Dreamland, giving me any of your attention. Thank you for supporting, liking, following, subscribing. Thank you one and all. If this is your first episode, we hope, or I hope, because it's a solo show, that uh, you listen to many more, check out the archives. I'm trying to re-upload so I get those old episodes in front of people again. But there's a lot of great stuff there. Over 400 episodes. I understand it's uh, it's finding, it's a huge mountain of episodes and archives to go through. But you just, you know, pick them at random, search through them. A lot of stuff on a lot of subjects. Tons of uh, subjects across the spectrum from UFOs to military conspiracies. The truth is... Uh, on my podcast so check out the beyond top secret texan podcast share it to your social media uh on my social media you can check out twitter post a lot of videos beyond uh top secret texan is doing really well on twitter right now so join the party at top secret text link tree slash beyond top secret text and the only link you'll ever need to find all that stuff join me on twitter though uh, you can also find me on telegram you can find me on truth social you can find me on instagram uh check it out Join me on social media. Um, but the podcast is the podcast. This is what I'm doing. This is what I want to do. And uh, thank you for following me to the end of it right now. See you guys next episode. Next broadcast of the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Thank you all very much. God bless you. And God bless your families. Peace out.